Hi, I'm Ian DeLisi. And I'm Chef James Regato. And in this episode of Essential Cooking, we talk with Andrew Blake of Blake's Orchard and Cider Mill. Blake's is a family company based in Armada, Michigan. Their hard cider is widely available across Michigan, and they welcome well over a million visitors to their three locations each year. Andrew Blake spoke with us about protecting crops from frost in the spring, growing the family business, and finding success during the pandemic. Andrew, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having How me. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, good, good. It's great to have you here today. Yeah, it's great to be in person and great to great to see you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew's a good buddy of mine, so uh, I wanted to bring him down and talk about all things apples and cider. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if, I'm sure you've seen Blake's products around. Of course. I mean, they're obviously known for their hard cider and... And now they're, you know, they're donuts and their bakery. I mean, they're, they're expanding like crazy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, thanks James. And James and I, uh, you know, um, crossed paths a year, year and a half ago or so. And, um, you know, we started talking about food and the interesting thing growing up as a third generation farm kid is, you know, you'd think that we'd be a little bit more, you know, in the romance of food, but when you're, when sometimes when you're a farmer and you're just trying to, you know, get the food out of the ground, I talk with James, you kind of lose the the romantic, you know, side of food. So, you know, growing up working seven days a week on the farm, you know, doing the family <laughs> farming thing, you know, I never really took the time to appreciate, you know, the next step of the food process after you got it out and, you know, and got got the the raw ingredients shipped out. And, you know, as I'm getting a little older and a little wiser, I'm really starting to take some time to appreciate you know, what becomes of that food and where it goes. And, uh, you know, James has been a great mentor for me um, because, you know, I always said at Blake's, you know, our whole operation, we're food, beverage, and entertainment. And we have a unique opportunity because, you know, we're the second most visited spot in Metro Detroit behind uh, Comerica Park. So I Wait always, a second, wait a second. Yeah. Yes, it's true. It's stop, true. stop for a second. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. You were not going to go by that. So second to Comerica Park. Yes. Blake's Orchard is the most visited place in the state of Michigan. Yeah, in Metro Detroit. In Metro Detroit. Yeah. Yep. That's amazing. So okay. how, how many, what's the number there? How, what's your metric? Um, so, you know, at our busiest year, pre, you know, the year before the pandemic, we had like 1.8 million visitors at our three locations. And so, um, you know, and, and so I always felt that we have a unique opportunity to connect, you know, the general population and the masses and the families with agriculture, with, with the earth. And, you know, there's definitely people who are, um, you know, larger farms than us and, 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 you know, um, you know, different types of producers, but I always feel that we have a really unique opportunity to be, you know, kind of a conduit, uh, you know, to people and food and agriculture and farming and the products from which they come. And I, I always felt, you know, a unique responsibility that, you know, to, to steward that process and that experience when they're out there. And, you know, the funny thing is, is growing up a farm, um, and then, you know, a, a juice plant, sweet cider plant. And then, you know, out of college, I started the hard cider company. Um, you always really took food for granted. We were just like slinging hot dogs and French fries um, forever. And we have like all this food. And I talked to James. He's like, why aren't you like showcasing the food? I'm like, I don't know how, you know, as, uh, uh, you know, as far as how to take, you know, take the products and then turn them into, you know, something, you know, unique and special and, and really showcase, you know, the land from which it comes. And so, you know, that's been, you know, an evolution over the past past, you know, since I met James and he's been a great mentor and kind of helping us get our food side and, you know, you know, figured out, but, you know, it's been a great, you know, it's been a great journey. And, you know, we really look at ourselves as an agriculture, you know, company first and foremost. Um, my dad and uncle, we've had a crazy spring as it relates to, you know, frost protection. Uh, I, uh, James right. and I have 
and texted and I like ghosted him for like three or four days uh, um, <laughs> on accident. And I'm like, dude, sorry. I just like, we've been up all night. So, you know, it's been right on the, on the tip of, uh, you know, freezing for well, like two weeks. So what straight. did you have to do? So we, um, and so, you have how many acres? I, so a thousand acres. Okay. So you have to protect a thousand acres. No big deal. Yeah. No big deal. It's a one, one, I was like one person about operation. My, <laughs> I was like worried about my couple. Yeah. Of by himself. He's yeah. the only one. <laughs> so, so, you know, we're really lucky to have, have an amazing farm team and, and, you know, my dad and uncle are still, you know, they don't have offices. They work out of their truck and it's awesome. You know, I love it. <laughs> and it's great. like just a mess. Um, we have Wi-Fi all over the farm now, so it kind of works now. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so to protect that, it depends on what the crops are. Uh, predominantly, you know, it's anything in bloom right now. So you're looking at all your fruit, you know, most of your fruit, veggies, um, you know, they're not planted yet. Um, so it's really, you know, your tree fruits, um, you know, apples are predominant. Right. That's our bread and butter. So that's what gets the most attention. But um, strawberries um, are a big one because they're flowering right now. Yep. Um, and, you know, the whole process is pretty interesting. So to um, to answer your question, there's about three mo- three methods that you can really frost protect with. So you we have these big wind turbines, which are jet engines that are out, uh, you know, in in the fields and they actually pull hot air from 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 up top. And they actually bring it down to where the trees and the plants are. And that will give you about two to three degrees of protection. Um, We also have, um, depending on, like in our strawberry fields, we can't do this with apples. There's just too much acreage. Right. We could. It would be crazy expensive. But anything that's on the ground, so strawberries, raspberries, anything like that, um, you basically spray them with water for 12 hours before the freeze. And so when it freezes, they ice up and it creates a a protective coating around them. And that gives you like two to three degrees protection. But you're really only protecting, you you only can really get about three degrees protection. So, you know, if it gets to 20, 20, you know, 27, you're, you're looking at getting some damage, you know, 28. Um, But, you know, it's time and temperature. So, um, and my dad, I don't know if he's correct in this, but he always says, (laughs) if you have, if you have 15%, even if you had like uh, 85% damage in your, in your, in your blossoms, you'd still have a full crop. I don't totally think he's accurate with that when he says that. I think it's it's something like 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 fifty fifty. But basically, the point is is you can handle a little freeze and still have a really really good crop. But you know, it is interesting when you talk about the, the changing in agriculture and how things are going. Um, you know, I when I was growing up, we could grow very good peaches and and pears and stone fruits in in where we're at. And just in the time since I was a kid to now, I mean, it is every four or five years you get a good you know, peach crop in our area or, um, you know, a good stone fruit crop and, and, you know, weather. So instead of every year, it's every four or Well, five just because of the weather, the weather fluctuates. So, amazing. so yeah, you know, when people, yeah, yeah, when people say, you know, kind of what's going on in the environment, whatnot, it's like, it, that's really happening. There's real adjustments. Apples, knock, you know, knock on wood are, are extremely hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we found it, but there's technology coming, coming out, which is, you know, kind of combating that. But, you know, it's one of the nice things I've always liked about, you know, being a, a being a farmer is, you know, it kind of keeps you humble, you know, well, it's, you, a, <laughs> it's a front, it's a front row seat to the changing yeah. you know, a, environment. Yeah. I mean, if you don't believe in, in, you know, climate change, just call a farmer and yeah. ask them. Yeah. You know, I mean, every farmer will tell you like, you know, they're, it's, they're, it's real and, and it's getting more and more intense and, you know, the swings and the droughts and all of that, what they're, what they're, you know, a lot of the great folk are doing out in California. Um, so 
you know, it's really interesting, but, um, you know, like I said, it, it keeps you humble, keeps you on your toes and, you know, you can have the best business plan in the world and you can, you can, you know, have it all figured out. And if, if mother, you know, mother Earth doesn't want to cooperate that season, you know, you're, you're, you're humbled by it. So, well, um, uh, well Andrew, I want to just, you know, just interrupt real quick. Cause you kind of touched on it real quickly, but Blake's for the longest time. And I think for 60 of its years, I believe, maybe I'm wrong, but like was doing cider and donuts and visiting right. and people showing up families oh, yeah. and wagon rides. And then Andrew was the one that turned them into the hard cider company. So that's kind of a newer evolution. It's pretty recent. But yeah. it's also become one of your biggest, yeah. you know, draws now is, I mean, it's your biggest, by far your biggest reach. Yeah. You know, for sure. And, and, you know, one of the things that we always tried to struggle with growing up, you know, we thousand acres, we employ about 900 people seasonally. Um, and we're kind of an entertainment destination, um, you know, rooted in agriculture and food. But the big problem was, and I think you were talking about it with your last guest and it is, um, you know, the, the shelf life of, of, raw, natural food right. products, you know? So until the hard cider, and it was one of the things I was trying to solve, I wanted to come back to the family business, but you know, we're in apples, we're in stuff that goes bad in like a week tops, you know, two days. Wow. Um, so hard to ship, how to, hard to scale, you know, all those sorts of things. Our sweet cider, you know, we do flash pasteurization. I know you guys were talking about, you know, HPP and all yeah. that. Um, before we do flash pasteurization, we get about four weeks um, you know, so that's pretty good, but you know, that only has so much reach with four weeks. And then, you know, with hard cider, it was, you know, wow, we have, we have real shelf life with this. We can really take our hard work and, and, and expand it. And, you know, it's been, you know, it's been, you know, really exciting. It was kind of a, a fortunate case of right time, um, in the industry, you know, angry orchard and, and, and had done a really good job getting people to understand and hear about hard cider and kind of, you know, bring it into the zeitgeist right. of, 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 of culture. And, you know, it was just kind of right time, right place. And, um, we're the fastest growing in the country right now. And, uh, I think you guys eight, had a good it, year last yeah, year, we had didn't a great, you? Yeah, we had a great year. We were, <laughs> it, was a, it was a record year. Yeah, it, was a, it, was, it was a record year. And, um, yeah, I think we're the eighth largest in the country now and, you know, trying to do it all, um, you know, with real apples, not from concentrate right. and, you know, expanding the reach. But, you know, hopefully that's just the start of, you know, you know, from the field products that we can bring, you know, to, to consumers. That's the hope. I mean, yeah. gotta, we got to get you up there, Ann. You got to go visit. Yeah, you have to I've come. been to Blake's before, <laughs> but not for like the tour tour, which I'm <laughs> expecting from oh, you. Yeah. When <laughs> I go. Oh, of course. <laughs> As newsrooms across the country close their doors, independent and unbiased journalism is more crucial than ever. We rely on you just like you rely on us. This spring fundraiser, join us in protecting public media. Your support keeps us thriving. Invest in WDET's next chapter at WDET.org or tap donate in our mobile app. So you started during the pandemic a subscription service, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so talk about, I mean, I wanted to know if it's still going to continue, if it's worth doing still, yeah, or it, it what's actually, happening with that? Yeah, it actually, great question. It actually grew um, this year from last year. So, you know, last, like everyone during the pandemic, everyone's scrambling, trying to figure right. out how to like, you know, keep everyone employed. And, and you know, thankfully, you know, we added jobs, um, but it was like a weekly, daily pivot 
Um, and one of the things that we did were like, okay, we're not going to have, we might not have all the people right. um, that we normally do. So what are we going to do? So, so this is talking about 1.8 million people that are probably not, not going to come. <laughs> right. So it's so, like, how do you keep all those people yeah, uh, engaged, right? Yeah. And so we put together like our marketing team and our farm team put together a really good plan to kind of do, uh, you know, produce box um, and, um, and subscription box. And, you know, it started off just very organically. We opened it up. It was like a thousand people who signed up and we're like, and then so we're like, well, all right, we'll cut it off. We'll see if we can handle that. And then, um, you know, once we were able to get kind of the logistics figured out and how to actually service that and pack those, um, you know, we've able to, been able to scale it a little bit. Right. And so now we actually have three different drop-off locations. Um, one at our main location in Armada. Um, we, we own a, a franchise called Bakehouse 46, which is cupcake station and, uh, um, it was that's, the cupcake station. So and that's all into, baked goods, right? Yeah. Gourmet baked goods. Gourmet stuff. baked goods yeah. and, you know, cakes and, and, and cupcakes and all of that sweet treats. Uh, kind you of. say all the right things. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have two drop off locations there. So I think it, we're, we're up to, you know, 3000 people that we, that we do these subscription boxes for. Every week? In my, yeah. I'm not sure. We just started last week. It was our first week. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're wild. It's a wild, yeah. it's a wild company. That yeah. is so <laughs> great. Yeah. It's a little over, like the numbers are a little overwhelming to just like, oh my gosh. So when it came time to like do your hard cider and you've got your orchard and then yeah. you've got your, so do you like decide like this amount of our product, you know, this is the amount of what we grow is going to go to that part. And then this amount's going to go to this part. Like, how do you think about managing all that sure. to continue so, to grow everything? Sure. So that, so then and now, you know, when, when it was starting off, it wasn't, you know, a real concern. Cause I didn't really think we'd sell a, a whole hell of a lot. <laughs> right. I was going to be really happy if people came in the tasting room and, you know, it, it, it was just that. Yeah, right. Drink a pint and left. Yeah, 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 exactly. It wasn't really in the scale thinking. Um, and then, you know, what we've kind of, over the last three years, we've kind of had to make a little bit of a transition. You know, apples take, anytime you plant an apple tree, it's already about two years old, you know, in an industrial sense, two to three, and they don't fruit probably most varieties, most rootstocks, you know, in, in, until year five, real production, maybe year six. So to keep up with your, you got to be really, you know, have a lot of foresight. And, you know, we didn't really know exactly where it was going. So, um, you know, we've had to actually pivot our apple sourcing a little bit over the oh, last okay. two years. We've had to partner with, um, you know, Umler Farms on the west side of the state, mm -hmm. um, the Rashes, which is a big apple growing family on the west side of the state. So we've had to actually, for hard cider, procure, you know, apples from the west side of the state to leave apples at our property for all the people coming to visit. So, but we're getting caught up and I think that, you know, we'll be able to, you know, source more of our product, um, right. you know, from our own orchards, you know, and, here. So. And, and the original cider too was basically there's and correct me if I'm wrong, but the sweet cider they make that, you know, you go, you visit, they're mashing apples, they're pressing, yeah. they're making cider. Yeah. Yeah. The original hard cider that Andrew came up with is essentially fermenting that product. Yeah. It was, right. so, yeah, it was, put, yeah. yeah. So it was basically <laughs> scaling the juice product and putting it in a, in a, in a vat and watching it ferment and hopefully it tasted. So, so yeah. So that's how it started. So that's kind of like, you know, that's the genesis of, of most hard cider yeah. production is just like, I have juice. It goes bad at some point. Let's uh, control the bad and yeah. make it fermentable. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So it's all being done in Michigan, which yeah. is, which is wonderful. Yeah. So, um, so are you guys now, now we just got news today that, you know, that things are starting to change yeah. regarding, you know, how we can interact with each other if yeah. we're vaccinated and what have you. So what is, do you have a plan yet for oh, opening? Oh and yeah. Is we, everything, what's happening? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, um, count, you know, count our, count our blessings, but I think that, um, it's going to be a very normal year for us. We, 
um, made the decision in early, you know, early January that we were going to plan for a normal year, kind of knowing that, mm-hmm. that we'd plan that and let the real circumstances on the ground kind of dictate if we would do right. that. So, um, you know, part of our, our, our traffic is, you know, we're, we're outside events. We do a big lavender festival, a sunflower festival, the lavender festival is like, you know, Birkenstocks and you get all the, <laughs> all, you get all the, la- you know, the essential oils and the whole nine, um, out there. But, um, so we planned for a normal year and, and, you know, um, and, uh, reached out to vendors accordingly. And, you know, now that we're getting this news, it's kind of like all systems go and everyone's excited. My phone's been blowing up all, you know, all morning that people are things that we were thinking about doing you're on the fence with. Everyone's like, yeah, now you're doing it. Now we're doing it. And 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 that's exciting. Give Anna a snapshot of like a bit, like let's say a peak, like a 70 degree October Sunday. Yeah. How many people are showing up at your doorstep? Um, Nine mile lines to come in. Like down the road. We're, so here's the weird thing. We're, we, we built this thing um, all on our own infrastructure. So like our own power source there, our own like w- you know, waste and septic, you know, things out there to be able to do this. But we're in the middle of like two track roads. Like it's all dirt roads around <laughs> yep. us. And there's like two, <laughs> there's like two paved roads to get there. So it's not like there's, it's really built for traffic. So there's literally <laughs> nine miles of people. Yeah. So it's like, it's like get, getting across the Mackinac Bridge, yeah. you know, in, yeah. the, in 4th of July weekend. Yeah. I mean, so, it's great. It's yeah. like, you'll do, I mean, but correct me if I'm wrong. Like you'll do like 30 thousand, 40,000 people yeah. on a busy day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we'll do like 20 to 30,000 people on a busy day. That's crazy. Um, that's a crazy, crazy amount of people. Yeah. And that's, that's the benefit of having a lot of space. Um, and, and again, you know, the big thing about <clears throat> what we're hopefully going to do, continue to do a, a good job and a better job of is the education piece and really connecting, mm-hmm. you know, families. We always say, you know, making memories is always in season. And, you know, one of our deals is, is really trying to be in the, in the memory creation business. And th- if that's, you know, a mom taking, you know, mom and dad taking their kids out for their first time apple picking, yep. you know, people asking questions about bees, where do they come from? You know, how does it work? I think, you know, that is such a good thing for society and for people to be connected with their food, connected with the land. You know, it's humbling and, and you know, and, and all of those good things and positive things. We think that if we can do a better job of teaching that and, you know, and educating as as the people come out and visit us and, and continue to, you know, um, you know, we want to be good stewards of that process. And, and we're just getting started, really. You can find out more about Blake's Orchard and Cider Mill at blakefarms.com. Our thanks to Andrew Blake for talking with us, to you for listening, and... We would like to thank LaMarca Prosecco for their support. From the hills of Veneto, Italy, you can never go wrong with Prosecco, whether it's in a spritz or drinking straight. Joan Isabella is our executive producer with producer David Lyons and assistant producer Lisa Brancato, editing by Rowan Nemisto. Production support provided by Studios on the Pond, original music by the Mallet Brothers. This is a production of Detroit's public radio station, WDET. 